Why don't we make it seven? Seven straight wins for the Vancouver Canucks, taking down the Anaheim Ducks in a divisional game that, folks, it might mean something in the future. After, what is it, 12 days without Canucks hockey, they come back. They looked a little shaky at times, but they got the job done. Seven wins under Bruce Boudreaux. There's so many big numbers in this game. Like I said, seven in a row, seven under Bruce Boudreaux. And, folks, the Vancouver Canucks, who were 8-15-2, not three and a half weeks ago, are back at 500 for the first time since like October 23rd, I think was the last time they were at 500. The the Bruce Boudreaux era is one of the most shocking, confusing, exciting things to happen to this team. And uh, what a way for this game to go. We'll break down. We'll pick the big moments. It'll only take a couple of minutes. We'll go over this game a little bit. Uh, we'll go pluses, minuses, which are my thoughts on the game. Uh, and then we'll get your thoughts and we'll talk about the future. We'll talk about the the two last game or the last game of the 2021 calendar year, which is tomorrow night, uh, 7.30 p.m., another late one against the Kings. Uh, but we'll get to all of that later. Woo. All right, let's break it down. Uh, Brock Besser, uh, Phil DiGiuseppe out due to COVID protocol. Uh, and for Anaheim, they were missing a couple of key guys as well. Zegras, Steele, Comtois. So some guys missing from both sides. Alex Chase on slots in. Uh, first period, quick little breakdown. Canucks forced to kill two penalties in the first. Um, shortly after the second kill, it's Sam Carrick in on a breakaway. Um, this was a bad Tucker Pullman pinch. He goes all in on the pinch at the blue line. There's no forward who's going to get back in time. Uh, totally misses it. Uh, Brad Hunt's last man back. He's just slow compared to Sam Carrick, who's a pretty quick skater. Uh, he goes in, he beats Demko, makes it one, nothing Anaheim shots in the first period were eight, eight. So pretty even period, but it's Anaheim. Who's on top early second period. Uh, Canucks get their first great chance of the game. Dickinson alone in the slot. He tried to pass it over to Horvat and it was like, Hey, you could have shot there, but if Horvat had been able to get all of it, then it would have gone in. So I don't hate the pass. I think it was Shattenkirk who broke it up pretty well. Um, then we had Garland with a breakaway and his shot like popped up into the air on the rebound, almost landed behind Gibson, uh, gets called for a hand pass after, uh, Garland and Pedersen then have a two on one and Garland can't get it to go through Gibson. Um, so at a pretty, a more exciting second period than first period shots were 15 to eight. Uh, the end of the second period made me mad, uh, because the Canucks sort of fell asleep. It was Shen and Ekman Larson out there and both of them just sort of forgot that they were playing a hockey game, but it didn't hurt the team. Uh, they survived it. There were a few of those moments throughout this game where the Canucks sort of looked like they forgot what they were doing and that they were out there in a hockey game. But luckily, none of those opportunities hurt the Canucks. And it kind of helps that, you know, Thatcher Demko is a pretty decent goalie. Uh, third period. Uh, Ducks get caught on a bad change and Quinn Hughes capitalizes. He sees that they're getting off the ice and Quinn Hughes is so fast. He gets in the play. It's a two on one. And the Canucks had had a couple two on ones earlier in this game and they didn't make the pass over. Now, there's a plus and minus to that. If you make the pass across, the goalie has to move. It's way easier to score because the goalie is basically diving to try to save it. Um, but also the defender can block it. So a couple of these uh, two-on-ones, uh, I think there was a Horvat one with Pedersen that he just shot it. Uh, the Garland and Pedersen one earlier, both of them were Pedersen on the other side, where they couldn't get it through. Um, but this one, Quinn Hughes passes it early to Tanner Pearson. Uh, Gibson wasn't expecting it that early. He's kind of late to slide it. Pearson uh, settles it down quick enough and fires it. Past Gibson, dead center of the net. Uh, not the best shot, but it gets past Gibson, uh, and it's 1-1, all tied up. Um, the Canucks had a terrible penalty kill in the third period of this game. Uh, Ekman Larson goes to the box, 
called for a trip, but he got all puck. It kind of made me mad, but whatever. The Canucks failed so many clearances on this penalty kill. It felt like Anaheim was due to score. Um, <laughs> there was uh, Tyler Myers and Luke Shen were out for the entire two minutes. Getzlav had a great chance. Sonny Milano had a wide open net. Uh, technically only one shot on goal because they missed the net so many times, but Canucks survive it. And then the Canucks almost score late. Garland fed Pedersen in front, but Gibson made a huge save. So we go to overtime. And this felt, do you guys remember, it wasn't last year, it was two seasons ago. The season that got cut short, the 2019-2020 season. You guys remember a certain game against the St. Louis Blues that went to overtime? And uh, you you kind of look down and you look up and the, the St. Louis Blues were on a 3-0. That's what this one felt like. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tyler Myers tries to make a move. He loses the puck. He falls down. Uh, it's a three on one. Myers was out there during that one, that one against St. Louis too. I remember that because uh, Myers was behind the St. Louis net. Uh, so they're in three on one and they make the one pass across and they're making the pass back to the trailer, which is the right thing to do. And the trailer misses the puck. JT Miller, who's the last man back, just turns around, chips it away. <laughs> and John Gibson needs to come out and play this. But I guess he thought Miller was going to be faster to it or he thought the puck would stop earlier. It ends up getting to like the hash marks. Like Gibson could have easily come out and played it. Uh, but JT Miller gets there. Quick shot over the high blocker uh, of John Gibson. And uh, a messy, a messy win, a messy goal. But the Canucks pull it out a 2-1 final this wasn't their best game they've played it, it was probably one of their worst under Bruce Boudreaux um, but you, you kind of expected that right the team's rusty coming off this big break but they came out they got the two points in a in a pretty big game right if the Canucks are going to find a way back into, this play, into the playoffs and seven games ago I would have I, I literally said like we're not talking about playoffs anymore well when are we going to start because I mean the Canucks are <laughs> Canucks are kind of in in the thick of things here you know they're back up to 500 hockey. They're four points out of a playoff spot with Edmonton losing tonight. Um, they're now nine points back of Anaheim. And I feel like if there's any team that's going to fall out of it, Anaheim might be a decent bet over someone like Edmonton. Again, I just I just le I, I look at uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and I think there's no way that they don't find ways to win games down the stretch. Um, so this was a big game. You would have liked it to happen in regulation, but at least they didn't lose it in regulation. The Canucks get one extra point. On the night, and they just keep on creeping up. Tomorrow night against the LA Kings, if they win that one in regulation, they'll be up to sixth place in the division. Actually, no, they'll be up to fifth place because I don't know if San Jose plays tomorrow, but that would be that they could leapfrog both of them uh, tomorrow. San Jose plays against Philly, who also won tonight. So who knows? Potential for the Canucks to jump up to fifth in the division tomorrow night, pending a win and a San Jose loss. Um, it's kind of crazy. So let's go over pluses, minuses. You guys know, uh, the deal first plus seven in a row. Of course, that's a big one, right? Seven wins in a row. Did when's the last time the Canucks won seven games in a row? I, it, it was, it's been a while. They obviously didn't do it last year and they didn't do it this year. They only had eight wins before this game or uh, before Bruce Boudreaux showed up. So that's crazy. And it's, it's an unprecedented run and it's only ever happened twice in NHL history that a new head coach has come onto a team and won their first seven games. One of them was Jeff Ward in Calgary like two years ago. Um, so Bruce Boudreaux has a chance tomorrow night to be the first NHL coach to win their first eight games 
uh, with a new team, which would be absolutely crazy. Um, if, I mean, if anyone's a, a Jack Adams contender at this point, uh, he's got to be top of the list. He's undefeated. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Bruce Boudreaux's mask, what rocking the Christmas mask. That's pretty sick. I mean, you're four days late, but he was probably planning on wearing it last week uh, when the games were supposed to be played and he didn't get the chance. So that's just that's fine. You know, he, he had to get the use in. he went out and bought it. You know, you got to wear it um, flat out. The Canucks were the better team tonight, um, not by a lot, but they were the better team. Uh, if you look at uh, natural statric, which I always like because they they do some good track and uh, over there. If we look at, uh, Corsi, which is shot attempts, Canucks barely had more shot attempts, 51 to 46, but the Canucks were getting a lot more blocks. Final shots ended up being 37 to 23. So that 14 discrepancy there comes from shots that hit the net for one. Anaheim was missing the net like crazy, uh, but also block shots, uh, were a big part of it. Uh, I don't have the, do I have the exact number in front of me here? Where's the block shot stat? Uh, blocks were 18 to 10. Uh, so that helps Canucks out hit, 30 to 20. Um, and uh, yeah, it, they were a good team tonight. Again, they they looked a little rusty. Uh, they played down to the Ducks level at times. They got a little scrambly in their own zone. But, you know, you can't complain too much about being scrambly in your own zone when you only allow 23 shots on goal and you only allow one goal. That's a, that's a successful night. Um, Quinn Hughes uh, continues to just be unreal. Uh, he's now fourth in points by defenseman this season. Uh, so I mean, he's going to get Norris votes this year. He's not going to win it. Right. Uh, and he's probably not going to get top three, but he could get some fifth place votes. He could get a, he might get a third place vote or two. Right. Um, which is crazy. Uh, that's, that's especially after last year where his rookie season, he looked excellent and really promising last year. He played really bad defensively. He still racked up a lot of points, but this year he is looking so, so much better. He gets another assist tonight on the Tanner Pearson goal, the primary assist, uh, and he has been so very good. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Bo Horvat. Uh, he he was out. He was giving her all game. Uh, he just could not buy one uh, on John Gibson. How many shots did he had? He only he had six shots. He had six shots on goal tonight. Niels Hoaglander had six shots on goal, but I think three of them came at the same time at one point. Um, Tanner Pearson had seven shots on goal tonight. Connor Garland had five Tanner Pearson. That seven shots on goal is misleading because there was the one play where he came from behind the net and took three whacks at it. That counts as three shots. Uh, but still, I mean, if you take those two extra away, that's still five shots on goal. Uh, Tanner Pearson actually had a pretty good night. Uh, there were a couple iffy things. There was the icing late in the third period that I didn't love, but, uh, he had a pretty good game as well. Uh, and of course, Thatcher Demko. Uh, under Bruce Boudreau, coming into this game, he had a 9.59 save percentage in those five games that he had played because Halak played one, and he gets a 9.57 save percentage tonight. So they'll basically keep it at 9.59 for the six games that he's played so far. He has been absolutely unreal, and I mean, with a pretty shaky defense in front of him, right? We look at that the first, you know, the first handful of games when some guys are out uh, with uh, due to COVID protocol, uh, they were without OEL for a bit. Uh, they had. Kyle Burrows in the lineup. They had Noah Juleson in the lineup. Uh, things were getting a little bit scary, uh, but Thatcher Demko has made, uh, remained excellent, uh, excellently consistent uh, throughout these last few games. And my last plus for this one, the Edmonton Oilers losing in regulation. Who'd they lose to? They lost to the St. Louis Blues 4-2 in regulation. So another game for them with zero points. Uh, they are three and seven in their last 10. They had a nice little five game losing streak in there. And like I said, the Canucks are four points back of Edmonton and that final playoff spot, um, which is uh, which is absolutely 
excellent to see. All right, on to the minuses. Uh, the first one is the defensive zone, and I mentioned that already. They looked kind of lazy at times, kind of sloppy. Clearing pucks out seemed to be a real chore uh, at times. The breakout just didn't look great. Um, it, it's something that can be fixed. It's something that has looked better in previous games. Again, that rust is probably a big part of it, but it needs to be better. Um, the uh, Brad Hunt-Tucker-Pullman pairing was not great. They allow the one goal. Uh, they just are slow. Uh, compared to everyone else. Pullman had a lot of failed pinches. Um, and, you know, part of that is Bruce Boudreaux is trying to encourage these aggressive defensive plays on, on these pinches. But if you're not succeeding on them, then they're very bad. <laughs> so uh, those need to get cleaned up. They only ended up playing uh, Hunt and Pullman played 1320 and 1430 respectively with, with Pullman getting a little bit more ice time. Uh, Brad Hunt was credited with three giveaways tonight. Uh, which isn't great. Uh, shout out Luke Shen, though. I didn't mention him in my pluses. Luke Shen continues to be a, kind of a workhorse here. 22 minutes almost, five hits on the night and two blocks. Uh, Tyler Myers had seven hits and four blocks. Uh, the stat sheet is is pretty nice uh, tonight. The one negative on the stat sheet that you will see that really stands out like a sore thumb is if you look down the face-off percentage column and you get down to Elias Pettersson, who played 18, uh, 18 minutes tonight, three shots on goal, one shot block. And when you see a seven on the stat sheet, you assume, oh, they probably got a lot of shots or they blocked a lot of shots or they had a lot of hits, right? That's where a seven would come in. That was his face-off percentage tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's bad. That is not good. What is uh, 100 over seven? He's like one for, was that one for 14? Is that how that adds up? One over 14 is like 7%. Yeah. I think he was genuinely one for 14 in the face-off circle tonight. Uh, that needs to get better. Uh, just straight up. There, there's nothing else for me to say about that. Bo Horvath against 60%. He's always crushing it there. So that's my, uh, that's my, uh, those are my minuses. Um, but Hey, the, uh, the Canucks have a chance tomorrow night to get above 500 for the first time since I think October 23rd. Uh, and if that happens, that means the, uh, the video that I drop on Friday will be a fun one, uh, a little year in review I've got planned. So let's go to, uh, your thoughts, your takes, uh, of course, well, the game tomorrow, uh, I'll be live after that as always another late one, another seven 30 start, which is just gross. Stop scheduling games. So late California teams, uh, but let's go to your questions and things of the sort. I'm going to scroll all the way to the top because there's so many of you leaving comments in here. Uh, first one from Arlo. Happy for a W. Uh, oh, uh, come on, show the comment. There you go. Uh, happy for a W, except I'm not super happy with the game. They kind of looked like the Green Canucks. They did at times. Uh, like I said, this probably was one of their worst games under Bruce Boudreaux. However, that's a pretty high bar, right? Um, and I think we expected teams to come out a little sloppy and a little rusty, right? They haven't played in a week and a half, but it was nothing like what we've seen around the NHL. Around the NHL, we've been seeing these high-scoring games, right? The other games tonight were 5-3, 4-3, 4-3, 4-2. Uh, there was a 3-2 in there. Uh, and then yesterday, all the games were, I think there was three games, and there was like, like 20 goals or something scored uh, across all three of them. So, uh, yeah, not the best game, uh, I'll admit that, uh, but... Hey, if you can have a pretty meh game and pull out a victory, pull out your two points, uh, that bodes pretty well, uh, in my opinion. Um, 
Let's see here. JC saying, uh, this is a completely unexpected win with how Gibson played. This is awesome. Yeah, I uh, I hate John Gibson so much. He has continuously cursed this uh, this hockey team. Uh, he, the Canucks just can never get anything done against John Gibson. They they made it work tonight. They got, because again, one bad mistake in overtime. Uh, but John Gibson continues to be so, so good against the Canucks, even when he hasn't had a great year. Uh, this year. Um, last resort doesn't agree with Arlo's statements. They didn't really look like the green Canucks. Uh, we were dominating most of the game. The problem was our defensemen struggled a bit, but I attribute that to a lack of rhythm. Yeah. And I think that sort of falls in line with what I, what my thought was too. Uh, the defensemen need to shore things up and that has been the continual weakness from this team. And that's what we expected coming into the year, right? We looked at the roster that was constructed and we thought, okay, great top six to top nine should score a lot of goals, scary defense, good goaltending. <laughs> and this game sort of played out that way, right? The The offense was great. They were putting pressure on. They had 37 shots on goal. Sure, they didn't score much, but it's John Gibson. You're not going to score that much sometimes. Uh, and the defense was scary, but the goalie made up for it. And that was kind of the, the story. A game like this, if it wasn't John Gibson and Thatcher Demko in net, could have been 5-3, right? And it wouldn't have really, it would have felt the exact same. Uh, just both goalies played really well uh, in this one. Uh, so how are you doing saying Bruce said 6-0 is good, but 10-0 looks better. Yeah, I saw that cameo. They showed it on Sportsnet. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, I like For a coach to come out and say something like that, most won't, right? Like, could you imagine, like, um, not John Tortorella. John Tortorella, I could see saying that, honestly. Could you imagine Willie D coming out and being like, yeah, 6-0 is good, but we want to be 10-0. No, you couldn't, right? Like, that, it's just, it's such a personality thing, and it brings a lot of fun to the team. And, I mean, when you're winning games, it's hard not to have fun uh, at this point. Uh, the Elder saying, big win, but a bit fluky. Uh, kind of fair. Again, I think they were the better team, uh, but that was definitely a game that could have gone either way. Uh, Jason Dickinson's worst game of the year. I thought he was okay. He did struggle with clearing some pucks out, but... I don't think it's his worst game of the year. Jason Dickinson was pretty bad in the first uh, the first 20 or so games of the season, 25 games or so. He's been a lot better the last six. Sure, this one was probably his worst game of the last of December, let's say, um, but I don't think it's his worst game of the year. Jaskran pointing out that JT Miller now has 34 points in 32 games. Yeah, I forgot he got an assist on the Pearson goal. He gets so many just sneaky points, um, but yeah, he's up to... 34 points, uh, which puts him, I think that's top 10 now, right? I'm going to pull it up really quick. Uh, points, 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 all leaders. Yeah, that would. That would put him uh, in eighth ahead of Austin Matthews at this point. If he has 34 points, uh, Matthews is 33. So yeah, he'd slot into eighth uh, after this game. Uh, as long as your numbers were right and you weren't lying to me. But no, that does look right because he was at 32 before. That's awesome. Good for him. Um, let's see. Uh, JC saying they were rusty, but outplayed Anaheim. They fought for hard for the win. No complaints warranted. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can complain. You can bring up the, the things that you can improve on, but yeah, I mean, you can't complain about the result. That is for sure. Uh, Dimitri says, do you think the Canucks win in regulation if Besser played tonight? Maybe. I mean, maybe he gets a couple of those shots instead of uh, instead of someone like Pearson, right? You have Pearson with seven shots on net. Sure, one of them went in. I I, I don't want to hate too much, but I mean, let's say you know Connor Garland had five shots tonight. Maybe maybe Besser has those five shots instead. One might be a little more likely to go in. But the way Gibson was playing, uh, you know, you never know. 
Um, the two goals, I mean, one was a cross ice and the other one was just a, a flat out mistake. Uh, I, I think uh, I don't think one player is going to make that huge difference. If you then added Zegers back in for Anaheim, then it would have been uh, an interesting story for sure. Let's see here. Erwin, this is a good question saying, I guess Halak takes the start in LA. I don't know. I don't give Halak the start tomorrow. There, there's two ways to look at it. One thing there. Okay. Here, here's the, here's the sort of dilemma. Demko's the better goalie. If you want to win the game tomorrow, you put Demko in. Another thing to note, they play tomorrow, which is Thursday. Then they play Saturday and then they have four days off. They play the Saturday and then they don't play again until next Wednesday. So if you can play Demko tomorrow, Demko Saturday, he gets a nice long break before Wednesday the 5th. And then you're against some bad opponents. You have Ottawa and uh, and the Islanders that week. The other argument, so so I think I think it's safe to say that Demko only faced 23 shots tonight. Uh, Demko just had a week and a half of rest, uh, and he's the better goalie. The counter argument is, when does Halak play? Because <laughs> you then have a backup goalie who has just sat for the last two weeks, who would then sit another week. And I mean, here, let me pull up the schedule. Uh, the Canucks don't play another back-to-back until January 15th and 16th. Everything else is pretty spaced out until then. So there's a good argument both sides. Uh, and I'd like to get your guys' take on it. Let me throw a poll in the chat. Halak tomorrow? Question mark? Yes or no? Poll is uh, is out and live. Because this is something that I talked about. Uh, we talked about in Canucks After Dark as well. Because uh, it, it's a tricky... There, there's two sides to it, right? And, and part of me leans, well, you want the win. So I say you put Demko in. Uh, which rhymes. That's pretty uh, That's that's pretty creative on my part. Um, but also, you don't want Halak to get really rusty which he will because he won't have played a game for a month plus at that point, right? Last time he played was against the Blue Jackets on the 14th. Uh, it's already been two weeks. Um, we have so far 59% saying no to Halak tomorrow. So 59% saying start Demko. That's up to 62% now. Uh, pretty interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, Arlo saying, I can't believe um, Burroughs didn't play tonight. Way better than Hunt. Fully agree. Uh, Burroughs should be in instead of Hunt at this point. Um, especially if Hunt's only going to be playing 12 minutes. He's just too slow. Uh, Jaskran saying Kraken also lost. I'm not worried about the Kraken. The, crack, the Kraken are not a uh, an issue in the race for a playoff spot. Uh, the Kraken have 24 points in 31 games. Now, again, the Can- they, are, they are seven games below 500, which is the same as the Canucks were <laughs> two and a half weeks ago. Uh, I don't see this big resurgence from them. Like who's are from the Canucks, uh, I would say that that would be a a really tough bet uh, to make. Um, let's see here. Do do do. Uh, Charms saying is the uh, CSKA Twitter account the greatest one to have been discovered in the past month? Yeah, if you guys haven't noticed, um, Pod Colson's team when he was in the I guess the second Russian league has just been tweeting out a bunch of Pod Colson content, which has been excellent. Highly recommend following that. Um, Bruce saying, nice to see Tanner scores. Fans have been giving him a lot of flack and I've given him a lot of flack. I I tweeted, I said, I've never said a negative thing about Tanner Pearson in my life, which is definitely a lie. Uh, (laughs) I have given, uh, I have given, um, Tanner Pearson quite a bit of grief in my time. Um, but he had a decent game tonight. 
Uh, and, you know, he got a goal. Uh, what's that? It's fifth of the season, which they've played, what, 30-something games? I mean, he's only on pace for, like, 12 goals this season, which isn't great. But it's also not terrible. Uh, Victor asking the big question, do we make the playoffs? I'm all in. Let's go. Let's go for a ride. If we don't at least believe that we can't have fun, right? So let's ride it out. I, I, it's still unlikely statistically, but I mean, if there's ever a team that was going to make it work, this, uh, this might be it. They just need to win these games and then hopefully not lose too many against the tough teams in the Metro that they have in a couple of weeks. Um, Shabbat saying my birthday's tomorrow. They better win. Happy birthday. Um, let's see here. Uh, Steel Dog saying, looks like Bo is a step behind on his shooting decisions tonight. Maybe that that one with Dickinson, although I don't think he was expecting the pass. But yeah, I don't know. He seemed to be letting him go. I thought uh, I thought he played really well. Um, cover that up. Let's see here. Um, Travis Green saying, have you noticed a difference in the refing from the NHL? Is Canucks games versus the World Juniors? I didn't watch much of the World Juniors while they were on, uh, so it's not a great comparison for me, but. Uh, the NHL, the, the, the penalties have been pretty rough. That Garland penalty was weak. Um, the penalty on who was it? Whoever got the penalty for, uh, for Anaheim, uh, the tripping call on pod Colson. Was it Manson? I think it was Manson who took that penalty for tripping pod Colson. I thought that was soft too. Uh, there it's been, it's been kind of whack. I think that's a, it's a pretty fair statement. Uh, RP saying, what do you think of Pod Colson's performance tonight? I always think Pod Colson's playing well. Uh, it's just the effort level for me. Uh, he has looked really good, uh, consistently good in my mind. He keeps getting better. Uh, I, I really like that fit with Patterson and Garland. Um, it didn't, they didn't produce tonight, but I mean, between the three of them, I mean, I guess they had eight shots. Garland had five, uh, Patterson had three. Uh, that's fine. If you have a line putting up eight shots in a game, uh, you can't complain too much about that. I think they played, uh, I think they played fine. Uh, Aisha staying, saying Miller is staying in the top 10 in points, really making a case for team MVP, excluding Thatcher. You do have to qualify that with excluding Thatcher. But yeah, uh, he just seems to produce. I, I think I'd have Quinn Hughes above him at this point because Quinn Hughes only has like six fewer points or seven fewer points. And he's a D-man, uh, which I think is, is just crazy uh, impressive. Uh, Quinn Hughes, like if, if you look at the NHL scoring, uh, he's on the first page, which is the top 50 uh, as a D-man, right? He's top four as a defenseman. Uh, let's see, sort by defenseman, get stats. Yeah, he's uh, he's fifth in, in D-man points, which is which is unreal. Uh, lots to talk about Halak and Demko because I had brought that up. Um, Let's see here. Travis Green saying, if we're in the mix by the deadline, should we trade Halak for an asset and promote DiPietro while starting, trying to stay competitive? No, not if you're in the mix. If you're, if you're in the mix, you keep Halak. If you're out of it, maybe you trade Halak and get DiPietro up. Um, but I think if you're in the mix, you, you keep him uh, just to ride it uh, for now. Uh, Kevin saying, if you want the win, you played Demko 82 games, but you can't do that. That is fair, right? And, and again, you have to give Halak like 25 games. This season, and he's only had like seven, probably. How many games has Halak played? <laughs> it uh, it hasn't been a lot. Halak. Wow, I can't spell. Yaroslav Halak has played eight games for the Canucks this year. Uh, and he's going to need to play more. Because uh, you don't want to run Demko to the ground, right? Because uh, you don't... 
I mean, let's say let's say they are in the mix in March and Demko's exhausted. Uh, that's going to be difficult. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, Sharm saying tomorrow's game is pretty much a must win if we want to join the wildcard hunt. We could leapfrog LA. Yeah, it would be big for, you know, leapfrogging potential. Again, I don't think LA is a team you're really competing for for a playoff spot because you ha you'd have to get past LA and San Jose and then one of Anaheim, Calgary, Edmonton, whichever one hopefully falls off. I don't think LA is, I think LA, LA's sort of ceiling might be like fifth in the division. I don't think that they're going to be the main team you're competing for for that top four spot. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a must win, but a win would be nice uh, and to keep the train rolling. And again, with those games against the Metropolitan Division coming up in a couple weeks time uh, where they have that that big streak where they have like the Hurricanes, the Panthers, the Lightning, I think uh, a bunch of tough teams. Uh, they're going to want to build up as much of a buffer as they can uh, for that stretch. Oh, um, let's see here. Uh, Marjorie's saying, I keep having hope the Canucks might make the playoffs. I'm scared. Yeah, the, the hope is what kills you. Um, that is uh, that is true. Um, Miller for Selkie asks time for hockey. I don't know. It, he's only like a plus one. And I know plus minus isn't everything, but uh, they do look at that. And Selkie voters aren't that, you know, Selkie voters kind of have a list of players in front of them. And it's like Bergeron and Barkov and a couple other guys. And they look at no one else. And it will always be those same players. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of doubt it. Kind of doubt it. Um, alrighty. Um, Edmund saying, is it fair to say Tyler Myers is the most improved demand under Boudreaux? Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'd also give a nod to Luke Shen. Luke Shen has looked a lot better, uh, under Boudreaux as well. Um, but yeah, Myers has looked a lot better. He did look a little bit iffy with that stick handling as mentioned earlier, but uh, he has uh, he has been absolutely fine. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the upcoming games. The upcoming games uh, brought to you by no one because uh, we don't have a sponsor here. But uh, Canucks Kings tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Of course, we'll do our live uh, right after that one as well. Same as tonight. Hopefully it doesn't go to overtime. It's not too late. Hopefully they get another regulation win. Uh, Friday, I will be dropping a year in review video, which will be a good one. Uh, make sure you're subscribed for that. Uh, the good little chance to hit the like and subscribe button down there. Uh, if that subscribe button's red, you've made a mistake. Make it gray. Um, then they play the Kraken on New Year's Day at 7 p.m. They get a little bit break and they come home and take on the Islanders. And hopefully by that Islanders game, uh, they should have Brock Besser back as long as he's asymptomatic. Uh, I think the protocol is seven days, so I think that would take to the Tuesday or maybe the Wednesday morning. Uh, so as long as Brock Besser is back by then, uh, that would be a big, uh, a big boon for uh, for the team. Uh, I'll take a couple, a couple more questions here, and then we will wrap up for the evening. Um, let's see here. Uh, RPA, do you think Quinn Hughes is starting to look like a Norris candidate? Absolutely. Uh, a candidate for sure. He's not going to win it. Uh, you know, there's still guys like Adam Fox out there and, and Kale McCarr who have been excellent. Um, but man, he's going to get, he's going to get votes. Cause when you do, when these get voted on, they vote for five, right? They, they stack rank one, two, three, four, five, and they get points in the reverse order, right? So your, your number one vote gets five points. Your number two gets, gets four. I could see Quinn Hughes appearing on a lot of ballots in the three, four and five slots. Uh, this year. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll see him get some votes at the very least. 
Um, Joe Van saying, do you think Boudreaux is improving the defense? Uh, a little, yeah. I mean, they're they're allowing less goals. They're allowing less high-danger chances. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is that the, the forwards are clicking even more, um, which also helps defensively, right? They're coming back on defense better. They're being more aggressive, uh, which just allows less high-danger chances uh, overall, at least for now. Jaskaran, why was OEL not on for OT? I saw Myers on instead. I don't know. He might have been on the second uh, second run or, or Hughes uh, or on the third run. Uh, I'm not – I don't look into that too much. Um, you know, they, they're just going to rotate guys. Uh, do, do, do. Um, the Elder saying, how sure are you the season gets finished with a rise in COVID? Uh, Canada, Canadian Div mid-season, probably a bubble, possibly a bubble again. Are you concerned we see all eighty-two games played? I think it gets, I think everything gets played out. I uh, I honestly, I think it's pretty predictable the way cases are going uh, on how things will be. I think they're gonna have to beef up the taxi squads. I think we're gonna see uh, quite a few team-wide outbreaks. Uh, but I think they're gonna do everything they can to get these games played. Uh, they might have to do like a seventy gamer again, like they did a couple years ago. Uh, and then maybe a playoff bubble, but we'll see. I know they don't want to. They don't want to miss it on that revenue again, though. Uh, Max saying, "What do you think the? What do you put the Canucks playoff chances at?" Well, let's see. They need to make up five points or so to get into a playoff spot. They need to get ahead of Winnipeg, Edmonton, San Jose, uh, L.A., maybe Anaheim, if not Edmonton. Uh, I would, I'm at about a 20% right now. Uh, but if they win a few more, it's, it gets a lot more interesting, but I'd say I'm at 20%. Um, but I am full on rooting for it. That is for sure. Uh, Fishby saying they, they change it to five days and say with Mark King, it is five days in the States, but if they are playing at home, the BC regulations are seven days. So since this is a home game here, uh, here, against the Islanders next Wednesday, it would be the seven-day uh, protocol instead of the five-day protocol. Uh, but if they're staying in the States, then it's five days. Uh, so it's a it's kind of a, a weird situation there. Um, let's see here. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, some, some funny jokes. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Um... Bruce said two to three to make the playoffs, says David. Yeah, and they, they've built up a bit of a buffer, haven't they? <laughs> haven't lost in a while. Um, all right. I think we're going to wrap up there. Uh, thank you guys very much for joining me tonight. We hit, did we hit 300? We hit 302 at one point. Thank you guys very much. Uh, we've been seeing this on the rise for the last little while, uh, and I appreciate you all joining. Like I said, hit the like button if you haven't, and, uh, and follow me on Twitter. Uh, let's see if we can get closer to 500 uh, on the year. I tweet sometimes mildly funny things so uh parker's pucks on twitter it's linked in the in the description if all of you went and followed me on twitter we'd hit 500 and that would be cool uh, and i'd appreciate that nice little new year's gift if not that's fine i that's fine do whatever you want uh anyways uh, if you missed any part of this you can go back to the beginning here on youtube you can just scroll back to the beginning uh or it'll be up on your favorite podcast platform in about 20 to 30 minutes however long it takes to process uh and yeah we're gonna wrap up there and i will see you guys tomorrow night against the LA Kings, where hopefully we can uh, make it eight straight, which is just crazy. That's just, that's just dumb. Okay. I will see you guys tomorrow.